Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Welcome all those who joined us in person and online for a moment. We just greet one another and say happy spring, glad to see you, and we'll practice the rule of life together. You can all be seated. Don't be tempted to eat the sandwich just yet. We'll eat it together afterwards in your picnic blankets. But if you can bow with me, we're going to practice a bit of silence and solitude in this beautiful, chilly weather. It's almost spring, and invite the presence of God. Let's everyone in a second exhale. All the automatic thoughts, the ruminating anxiety, all that's harassing your mind. The Bible tells us to cast our cares upon the Lord, for He cares for us. Just lay it at His feet. And inhale the transcending presence of God, his calming peace, and his promise to lead us to green pastures. All God's people pray. Amen. So, if you look around you, you'll begin to see signs of spring. The cherry blossoms over there to your left, they're already blossoming and growing. I have a daily mundane routine that mostly goes unnoticed in our lives. Usually we walk our dog Brownie. She's 17. So annoying to walk her. She walks all the way behind us. People keep interrupting us in our walks. You know your dog is supposed to walk ahead of you. We're like, well, she's 17. I'm 16. She can't walk that fast. And but she doesn't, like other dogs, collapse on the floor and makes us carry her. Even though Wendy one time had to carry her. Very courageous. But it's not really an, um, something that I remember mostly. But this past week, uh, just my son and I, Josh, my little one, we were walking her while my wife was out partying you know, with other women, um, celebrating a birthday. And Josh said, look, Dad. We were walking to this path that we walk for 365 days out of the year without noticing it. But the signs of spring started flourishing and we start start to see cherry blossoms begin to grow. And it reminded me of marrying someone there. Star and Row with her kid over there, Mateo. Um, in the pandemic, because situations changed, they decided because they uh, row proposed right in front of my park, they decided to get married there before their ceremony. But you know, I walked there through the winter 
I don't know, dozens of times without remembering. And I say this often, but the only difference, the only thing that really differentiates the, the humdrum and the sacred is what? Often our memory. God could do amazing things in your life, whether you're a believer or a seeker, and you could forget it because we're human. Tell someone next to you, you're human. In the human principle, there's something called the hedonic adaptation, meaning you always come back to the same baseline of happiness. It doesn't if you even marry a hunk like Roe, Andrew Roe, <laughs> handsome man, you forget that he's handsome. In the humdrum and the mundane parts of life when you're annoyed at him, right Star? I mean, I remember their story because their story was such a miracle. According to an episode in Kim Convenience, in the first episode, that the mom was telling the daughter, Where, when are you gonna meet a cool Christian Korean boy at church? And the daughter said, well, if they're cool and Christian, they're not Korean. And if they're cool and Korean, they're not Christian. And if they're cool and Christian and Korean, they're girls. So Star, I mean, come on, you met a cool Christian Korean boy. I'm not sure about cool, but he's definitely handsome. <laughs> but we forget the things that God has done or that God is doing because of the hedonic adaptation, because of human nature, we doubt, we forget, and we take for granted what was once considered a miracle. And that's why it's so critical during Lent. The whole point of Lent is recollection, introspection. The whole point of rhythms and short prayers is to recall the nostalgia of experiencing the presence of God in your life when you first experience God working in your life. For the Christian, when you came and surrendered your life to Christ. For the seeker, when the reality of God became real for you, there was a moment. When you look at our passage in the morning of the resurrection, the group of women, Mary and Mary and the other woman, said that in verse five of Matthew 28, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. In verse 8, so the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. The group of women, Mary, Mary, and the other women, three women, met Jesus. Greetings, he said. Then they came to him, collapsed at his feet, worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Because he was like glowing, you know. And, um, and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, where they will see me. Now, I want you to stop for a moment and think about what the women were thinking. They were disoriented because dead people usually don't come back from the dead. That's scientifically probably impossible, except when you're God. You could defy physics, and you're the creator of all life. But if I were the woman, I would be thinking, what's that Galilee? What is significant about Galilee? Why Galilee? Why is the angel talking about Galilee? 
Because Galilee is this insignificant town in Nazareth where there's water and people sell fish and commerce. It wasn't significant in the world's eye. Like when I say like, you know, I'm going to Paris, people are like, oh, take me in your suitcase, right? Or if I'm going to London, or if I'm going to, you know, Jakarta or in Indonesia or something, or Bali or something, people are like fascinated by it. But why Galilee? Because Galilee is the very place for Jesus and the disciples, it all began. It's a sacred place. So how do you go back and remember your own gospel homecoming and remember the altars, the very place that God moved in your life? You go back to the beginning. Tell someone next, you go back to the beginning. You go back to the very place it all started. Jesus meets the disciples back at Galilee because the first way you can go back to visit your altars is to revisit sacred places. For me, for people watching online, we have a picture there for you of me wearing the this Patagonia 180. I'm, I'm showing it off. You can start buying it now as a do suggested donation to help our greeting team look their best. Andy is our designer. It's his collection. Just give him a hand. He's the, he's the coolest person we have at our church. We don't have that many cool people, but he's not Korean. <laughs> but a sacred place for me is, is Madison Square Park, not because Shake Shack, it originated from there. Even though we meet at Madison Square Park almost every week after service, new people come there, families go there. If it's nice, we're there. But I remember it being the very beginning people met at eight there. But just recently, in our last baptism with, with Christina, in, in my book actually, she wanted to be Tuna <laughs> as a pseudonym, but I don't know why, I thought it was just funny too. <laughs> If you interned at NASA, you can call yourself whatever you want, because you're cool. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, in the baptism, Christina, John, um, and Kago and Joey. And Kago and Joey were sort of walking through their baptism experience and, and how they wrote their letters. And I remember sitting there in Madison Square Park, sort of surreal, because we started this thing over a decade ago. And a decade ago, I didn't know any of these folks. Now they're all in my book. I just actually finished putting Christina in my book. Very interesting things I wrote about them. <laughs> but, um, and, and I'm thinking about how surreal it is that the people who've met God met them in writing about their experience right there at Madison Square Park, where we usually meet every day. Sometimes I forget that what God that's what God is doing that what God has done and I remember Joey telling Christina and John that when she wrote her baptism story to read on her the day of baptism she said I thought of someone else that was seeking with me and I wrote it in the perspective to them how God had worked in my life and I know how God will work in their life and for me I was like wow I didn't know Joey was a philosopher profound I was like well this is I'm going to write this down. But 
there are secret places for all of us. And that's the question I have for you in this chilly, almost spring day. When was your own, where's your altars? Where, where are your secret places? When God and Jesus became real to you. Is there a secret? When did the reality of God become possible? That maybe, that we're not binary probability, but there is a author to our story. If you're a Christian and a believer, when was the moment when the love of God became so surreal? It penetrated everything in your heart. Because a lot of times we forget. That's why Jesus went back to Galilee. Secondly, in this passage that I'd like to draw your attention to as we close today, is something very odd and peculiar that the gospel writers would include their bloopers in the, in the gospels. Because if you were to really to try to start a religious cult, usually the heroes like the Greek mythology would be to lift your exalt yourself. But the disciples apparently didn't do that. They highlight their bloopers rather than omit them. They highlight their doubts and their journey together as a community. It's not this power, theology of power, but rather the theology of weakness that's highlighted. And if you look at the, the most historic day in history when a dead man is risen, and rose, rather than robust belief, you see a glimmer of doubt in the disciples. In verse 16 to 17, before the Great Commission, and Jesus is elevated and ascended to heaven, Jesus says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, verse 17, they worshipped him, but some doubted. At verse 17 right there. You gotta pause and think about the interesting implications of how Matthew knew that they doubted. Well, apparently, of course, Matthew was one of the disciples. They talked about it. How this was too good to be true, right? Like that's one of the reasons why some people don't want to believe in the gospel. That's just too good to be true. We have a designer, we have a father that loves us. That's just surreal. Well, one of the reasons why you should doubt Christianity is too good to be true. Not that it's implausible logically, but they doubt it. But they shared with one another. Is this happening? Because this is disorienting, right? And that's a sacred memory for Matthew. Not only did they revisit sacred places, it was a sacred memory, the community in which God put in front of him and around him so that they could process the struggles and the crisis, plunge into a spiritual crisis of doubt when nothing seems to be real anymore, when you're disoriented. I remember sometimes as someone who founded with my wife this community, I'm surprised by it. We were at a diner uh, like a year ago with the families. And the families have grown up together since almost since college, the guys. And some 
have come in right in their 20s and got married. Now they have a bunch of kids, all rabbits running around everywhere. They're having more kids and more kids and more people getting married. We have a high efficacy rate. But uh, anyway, I remember sitting at a diner and two brothers were sharing vulnerably things they were going through. And, and, you know, and I was just like, you know, my wife has rubbed off on me because my wife has a lot of discretion. Like when, even when we talk in the house and we're talking about something sensitive, close the doors, close the windows, <laughs> shut, you know, it's like, I'm like, there's no one that interested in our, in our house right now. She's like, no, 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 close the doors, close all the windows upstairs. Okay, now we can talk. <laughs> but when they were sharing things that were really vulnerable. I was like, stop it! I was cringing. I was like, no, no, there's too many people here. And I was like, man, I've been married for literally 20 years with my wife now. She's rubbed, rubbed off on me. But the way they shared their vulnerability and their brokenness and their hurt together so openly, usually there's a, there's a, a spirit of preservation that happens when you're married to preserve your image. There was none of that, no pretension. They were broken with each other. And I had to stand back at the diner and be like, this is a cool community. <laughs> this is a real community of people that understand the theology of power is the theology of weakness, that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Just like the disciples found. They doubted together. And I remember just because I wrote about Christine Tuna's story, I'm gonna call her Tuna from now on, um, how Tuna said that she discovered when she met the woman in her community, in her small group, that when they shared their brokenness, not a step for a church, not acting like they're all put together, it gave her the courage to process her brokenness. And I just wanna say, I'm proud of the community that we're building here. And I always say we're not special. We're not a special church because you know what happens to ch special churches these days? They close. You rather be like just normal, right? If you told me that we would outlast Mars Hill, Hillsong, and I don't know, a bunch of others, I'd be like you're crazy. But if you want to build a culture of vulnerability and brokenness, then which when God's power moves, that's when the cross is illuminated, and that's when Jesus becomes the only hero of our story. You do it together, in your brokenness and in your doubt. Those are the sacred memories that we have to hold on to. That's my sacred memory. So who are the people in your life that God has placed in your life to represent God to you? Because Jesus, you know, he's not a floating head, right? I mean, you never saw Jesus in the flesh. He's died and resurrected 2,000 years ago. If you met Jesus, you met him through someone who represents him, a community, a person, an idea in a book. You heard the gospel represented, embedded in a culture. So who has God surrounded you with to represent him? And their kindness and their brokenness and their authenticity and their hospitality. And doubt with them. If you're a seeker, doubt with them. If you're a believer, be grateful for them and say, hey, you're awesome. Thank you for not being awesome. That's why you're awesome. Thank you for not being put together. To remind me I need Jesus too. How much I need him in my life to heal me, to save me, to set me free.
Amen. I just came back from Half Moon Bay, California. It's a coastal town, nice beach, looks like Ireland. And as we close today, this just popped into my head, but as the sun was going down, a bagpipe, person playing a bagpipe, literally, looked like it looked like Ireland, came, as the sun, sun was setting, he started playing Amazing Grace. And I was there just holding back the tears. I'm like, wow, God is following me to have moved in. But then I remembered the sacred places and the sacred remembrance. I remember my dad, late dad, humming Amazing Grace. Just walking through the aisle or the hallway. My mom singing it all different times of day. And you know, Korean hymns, right? They do the whole thing. They do all five, but you know, they start hymning up. Sometimes I'm like, Dad, stop it. But then I would start hymning it too outside because it got stuck in my head. But now that he's in heaven, it's the legacy of the gospel in my own life. And it's your legacy. And it's your gospel come homecoming embedded in this community. So let's remember our sacred places. And let's revisit our sacred memories. Let's stand and pray together. So today, we'll sing the oldest hymn that has endured for over 200 years. As we revisit our sacred places where God has met us, where God became real to us, and the cross saved us or is still saving us and the sacred memories the people that God put in front of us and around us will you receive the grace today if you want to lift your hands with me as a response you can and receive the amazing grace of God I'll call up the ladies. amazing grace how sweet does sound Just toils and sleep. We have already come. Uh, 
assessment and addiction. Will you bow your heads in prayer? May God bless us with, dis with discomfort and easy answers, half-truths and superficial relationships, so that we may live from deep within our hearts. May God bless us with anger at injustice, oppression, exploitation of people, so that we may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer in pain, rejection, hunger, and war, so that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and to turn their pain to joy. May God bless us with enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in this world so that we can do what others claimed that we cannot be done to bring justice, kindness to all our children and to the poor. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now forevermore. All God's people say, amen. God bless you. Let's give a God clap offering for our first day in the sun. Enjoy your lunch. Amen. God bless you. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, it's good to see all of you guys here on this nice and snowy Sunday. For those of you guys that don't know me, my name is Stu Still. I'm a member here at 180 Church. We are a community joining God to restore the beauty in all things. And again, it's so good to see all of you guys here today. Before we get started, we just have uh, some community news that we want to share with everybody. We're going to start off with tithes and offering. And for all of our members here, we want to remind and encourage you to continue to keep God at the center of everything, including your finances. You can make an offering through any of the electronic means uh, above. And if you're a visitor here, you guys are our guests, you guys are our visitor, there's no financial obligation to be here. But if you feel led to make an offering, you're more than welcome to do so at any of the means above as well. Our next announcement is about, is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram or Tumblr at 180BRG. And this is a great resource for us to get God's Word daily into our lives, whether we start the day whether, with it, whether we power through the afternoon with it, or whether it's a refreshing, quieting moment before we go to sleep at night to just bask in God's Word and really see what His promises are for us. And again, this is a great resource to bring that into our lives. We post just a chapter of the Bible every day on these uh, um, outlets and uh, again you can find it on Instagram or Tumblr at 180BRG. Our next announcement is about the different ways that we can come together and pray and as Dr. Sammy has been preaching uh, over the last few weeks prayer is so important and vital to our lives and it's important uh, not only for ourselves but for those that we care about for those that we're concerned about and this is a great resource for those times when we want to pray for others and lift others up and that we don't want to do it alone but we do it in community uh, at 5397 prayer you can send a text to our prayer team or you can do it through email at prayer at 180church.tv and again this is a great resource for those times where either we're going through something in our lives or for those that we care about our friends our family our co-workers our loved ones where we can lift them up but not just lift them up alone but lift them up with the community. And again, uh, it's 5397prayer or prayer at 180church.tv. And we also have our house of prayer, which we start at about 1140 every Sunday. And it's a great time to just quiet ourselves from all of the busyness, all the insanity, all the craziness of the week, and just ready ourselves to hear God's word. And we do that right here in the theater again at 1140. And uh, speaking of all the ways that we can pray and... Uh, do that. We uh, have all of these different devotionals, which we've been going into through this year, uh, that you can find at the 180 Cafe. Um, all of these are available for you guys. And again, Dr. Sammy has been talking about the ways that we can pray and the ways that we can, you know, center our lives in Christ. 
And these have been a great resource for a lot of people to just spend time every day just with a short moment of prayer, of devotion to really connect with God. Uh, again, you can find all of these at the uh, 180 Cafe. Uh, it's on the honor system, so you can pick it up and then you can just Venmo us at Church 180 or at QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Next, we have all of the ways that we're connected on social media. Uh, we have a number of Instagram handles. We have uh, 180church, 180brg, as I mentioned before, and 180 Fellowship for our college ministry. We have our YouTube page at 180churchNYC. Dr. Sammy has his Twitter page at uh, Dr. Sammy Kim. We have our Facebook page at 180 Church. And lastly, we have our Tumblr page again, 180BRG for the Bible Reading Group. And these are a great number of ways where we can come together online to keep up to date on everything that's going on in the church and to just come together and pray and do all these things together, again, in the context of community so that we're not doing life alone, but we're keeping together in community through all of these means. And on that note, um, we know that not everybody can make it here every single Sunday. So we do have our live stream available every Sunday uh, on our YouTube page at 180 Church NYC. And it starts every Sunday at about 10 after 12. And again, this is a great resource for if you can't make it here on a Sunday or if you're inviting a friend out and they're just a little bit nervous about showing up in person, this is a great way to bring church to them, to help them start their journey in Christ. So again, it's on our uh, YouTube page at 180 Church NYC. Next, we have all of our small groups, which are where we come together in the middle of the week to go deeper into Dr. Sammy's sermon, to see where we're going in life, to see where Christ is calling us in life. And again, I've said it so many times today, it feels like it's becoming a catchphrase, but it's where we do it in community, where we do it together, where we're friends along the journey in where Christ is bringing us. And it's also a great way, if you're beginning your journey in Christ, to talk to people about where they've started and how they've been progressing in their relationship with Christ. We have the adult groups, which meet every Wednesday at 7.30, the young adult groups, which meet on Thursdays at 7.30, and we have the 180 Fellowship College group, which meets on Mondays at 7.30. And many of these are meeting online and virtually, so if you're interested in joining, come see me or any of the greeters in the blue shirts and we'll get you connected. Next, we have a number of ways that we're looking for people to help us in uh, many of the ministries we have here at 180 Church. One of them is the children's ministry. And we have so many kids running around here now, it's starting to feel like we're getting a little outnumbered by them. <laughs> and we need some people to help us with starting their journey in Christ and uh, giving them a foundation for who God is. If you're interested in joining that, you can talk with Pastor Lydia or you can talk with Michelle Kim and they'll get you plugged in. Next, we have the 180 Cafe, which is a great time to just grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea in the morning. And we are looking for people to help out with that as well. And this is just a great place for, you know, being that first point of contact with people as they come in. And if you're interested in joining that, you can talk to Danny O or Wendy Lee. Or if that's not uh, up your alley, we just have our greeters, which really are the first point of contact, the people that are the friendly faces to welcome people. And many of us are here because someone was friendly and said, welcome. You're welcome here. We want to know all about you and help you on your journey in Christ and all of that stuff. And uh, if you're interested in joining that, again, you can talk with Danny O or Wendy Lee. Those are all of our announcements today.